0: Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the Let's Level Up podcast. I'm your host, Rick Perez, and this is episode 25. Uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast for four years, and it's sad to say that we're only at 25 episodes. There was that three-year hiatus, though, where um, we did a lot of things on our YouTube channel and a lot of things within our design company that I started, Um and one of the things we actually did was a little podcast called Mage Wars Mondays. And uh, it was a lot of fun while we were doing it. And uh, I thought it would be awesome to get my old co-host back, kind of r- bring back the band for a minute. Or 40 minutes. How many ever minutes it's going to be. And um, just talk about games and stuff. So with me, returning, or I guess making his day be, I don't know if you ever did the Let's Level Up podcast.
1: I did not do Let's Level Up no. that I remember. No, wait, wait. I did one episode of Let's Level Up, and then that was, like, about a month later was when Scott was like, we should do a Mage Wars thing.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's none other than Aaron, the indomitable one Brosman. It's good to be back. <laughs> I love having you back, man. It's been too long since we've got to sit down and talk, which is really unfortunate, but... Uh... You know, as you may not know, but I've been trying to make a a conscious effort to to produce content, uh, regular content um, on the podcast and on my YouTube channel, um, and even streaming and whatnot. And I um, man would love to have you back for future talks if you ever want to. Just let me know. Um, But what have you been doing lately? How's how's the last uh, how's the last bit been?
1: Um, I was gonna say. Well, our story up till now. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, basically a couple years ago, um, Arcane Wonders had done some uh, restructuring, uh, and unfortunately, my position was redundant, uh, which sucks. Um, but uh, you know, dims the brakes there. Um, but I did get to, uh, I did get to do a little work on the la- the. The, the most recent uh, few Academy sets that came out um, and that was kind of the last thing I did there. Um, other than that, I've just kind of been around <laughs> not doing too much mostly uh, mostly trying to figure out what I wanted to do next and
0: you started and see uh, what out there. you started streaming quite a bit I right? did
1: I did start streaming uh, I started streaming. It was a year on November third. Wow, so, uh, been
0: at it a year.
1: Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's so weird to think I've been doing that for for a year. Um, yeah, I just decided one day because uh, because I spent a lot of my time while uh, while I was unemployed looking for jobs and then uh all, you know playing video games and stuff. And I'm like, well, if I'm going to be doing this anyway, then why not? why not do something with it? And my wife was like, well, you need a creative outlet. And I was like, oh, this will, this is fantastic. Uh, granted, her response to that was, honey, I'm really glad you have a creative outlet, but did you have to pick one so freaking nerdy? <laughs> um, and I was like, wow, this is my wife who refers to herself as the murder hobo mom. Um, because if anyone who's played a bunch of DD um, knows that a lot of times adventurers are lovingly referred to as murder hobos because you never have a place where you live. You constantly go to new towns and you kill people <laughs> and you take their treasure. So like D&D adventurers are occasionally referred to as murder hobos. So she will call herself the murder hobo mom. That's awesome. Because she's she's the designated party mom.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that she, she – I remember she used to do a lot of uh, GMing and whatnot, right, too
1: yeah yeah um, she doesn't do so much of that for like big events and stuff anymore, but we have a, a a group of our friends, and every I think it's once a month, I think it's like the first Saturday of each month, which is why they're playing this Saturday. um they they do a bunch of uh, a bunch of games um, like they've done Pathfinder. Uh, right now they're doing, uh, a lot of the fantasy flight, the, the current fantasy flight Star Wars RPG, which they really like. Yeah, that's cool. One. Um, we, we actually, and we're trying to get this started back up again, but, but, uh, I ran a superhero game for them. Um, originally it was mutants and masterminds. Now we're playing with the Marvel heroic Roleplaying uh, system. Um, but the first one... You'll get a kick out of this. We decided to do a superhero campaign, and since I'm in the Midwest, we did effectively because we're like Marvel. Marvel has a shocking lack of heroes in the Midwest. Um, like there's like two or three from Chicago, and that's it. You know, it's like everyone's from one of the coasts. So we're yeah, like, well, we're that's gonna, interesting. We're gonna do a. Uh, a game in in the Midwest. So it started in Indiana, which is where I'm from. Um, but we mostly focused it out of Chicago, basically. Um, but it was amazing. Like the suit so this this shows you the quality of people that I hang out with. Um, my wife was a stoner rock not rock star, but like uh um uh she was like a local musician. Okay, yeah. Uh, and a stoner. And her whole powers uh, were based around the Sleeping Bear Dunes, which is up in Michigan. So she could make a big sand bear and claws and stuff out of sand. <laughs> so she controlled sand. Um, then there was a guy called the Wizard, and it's spelled with like three Ys. <laughs>
0: um,
1: he discovered Gary Gygax's original player's handbook and could therefore cast magic spells. But they all have to obey D&D rules. So whenever he cast Fireball, it would be in five-foot squares. That's um, funny. Like, oh, no, that character was amazing. Um, one of the characters was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent who, whenever she dies, she comes back. Um, okay. Referred to as Agent Lazarus, which was great. Great power? Oh, oh Yeah. There was uh, so one of the things here in Indiana is in Peru. It's there is the uh, Circus Hall of Fame because Peru, Indiana, used to be the winter home of the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Oh, I didn't know that. One of the characters that was her backstory is that her family were circus performers, and the reason they were so good at it is because they all had little magic charms, and so she had a magic charm that let her do like tricks and stuff. Um, cool. And she was awesome. But probably my favorite out of the whole group um, was Big Paul. Um, so Thor, you know, he grabs his hammer, and if you're worthy, you get all the powers of Thor. Are you talking about Paul Bunyan? Uh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, one of the guys decided that Paul Bunyan was clearly an Asgardian, and so therefore... <laughs> <laughs> he had discovered Paul Bunyan's axe, and when he when he used Paul Bunyan's axe, he became very large—not like super huge, but became much larger—and he had all the powers of Paul Bunyan. And they referred to him as Big Paul. Um, that character was great. And Did he have
0: blue one, in, in any? Form? No,
1: no, we didn't. We didn't get a chance to bring blue in. Ah. Um, he kept wanting to, but we didn't get a chance to. It just never worked out. And then the last regular character, um, in northeast Indiana, there used to be a huge swamp from about where Fort Wayne is to about where Toledo is. So one of the characters, she referred to herself as Granny Swamp, and she was basically uh, an elderly hippie that was like a druid. like She could do lightning, she could turn into trees. Um, And that was their team. And it was so much fun. So right now I'm actually working it out. We're going to do a campaign set in Pittsburgh. Sweet. Um and one of the characters for that one uh wakes up one morning and he's Japanese. He wakes up one morning and has bright yellow hair that's spiked and <laughs> realizes that he is the protagonist now. <laughs> like he is a he he has to be the main character, you know. And I was like this is this uh, is fantastic. The other characters are great, but I mean, like, yeah, we we do a lot of that stuff, and that system is just so flexible. It's so much fun. What is the the system you're talking about now? It's called uh, Marvel Heroic Roleplaying. Now, I don't know what... There's a name for the generic system because they don't have the license for Marvel anymore. Gotcha. Um, So finding that book is kind of tough. It's not super expensive yet. Um, You can still get it for, like... 30 bucks or less. But um it's it's hard to find. However, the a couple of the people who worked on it basically they got the rights for the system and I forget what the generic system's called. Um but it's really great because it really focuses on the narrative and it really encourages you to kind of roll with it. Um I love RPGs like that. Oh, yeah. No, it's great because it's it's got just enough crunch that you can kind of feel like, hey, I understand what I'm doing. I'm throwing dice at it. I, this is going, like, you know, I'm I'm doing something well. Um, but not so much that you're like, well, look up on page uh, 347 and see what the modifiers are for dual wielding a blah, blah blah,
0: mm-hmm. blah, blah,
1: No, it's, it's very narrative focused. And that's the thing that I love about it is because the thing that made our first campaign so good was that when I came up with an idea, watching the players respond to it and then being able to play off of it, like the very first adventure we had um, in Fort Wayne, which is the biggest town uh, in Northeast Indiana, there are big fiberglass mastodons because uh, the university, uh, Indiana uh, IPFW, which is now just... um, f w but anyway Indiana University Purdue University Fort Wayne their their uh, their ma- mascot was the mastodon which is pretty cool okay but there, so there were fiberglass mastodons all over town their very first adventure a villain had enchanted the mastodons to grow very large and become these big like monsters <laughs> so they had to fight a bunch of fiberglass mastodons um and then watching the players respond to that like that's the kind of thing that really really worked out. And that's what this this system does really well, is that it lets you roll with it. It lets you kind of go on the fly because it's really rules light. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah, I, my, oh, yeah, my favorite
0: RPGs mind. are the ones that are more narrative focused. Um it's just it's too easy to get stuck in the minutia of the mechanics. And Oh, um, see,
1: and I love minutia and mechanics, but at the same time, like I was Way back when I worked at a game store, I was talking to my distributor and I was telling him, I was like, man, but I just love 4th edition D&D. And his response was, well, that's because it's a tactical miniatures game and you love miniatures games. Right. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, you're right. (laughs) Um, But I mean, like, and that's the thing is that each of them has their own thing to offer. um, But it is definitely for me you know, someone who likes crunch and likes that kind of stuff, it's really nice to be able to just focus on the story and to be able to tell a collaborative story, you know, where it's, I bring my stuff to the table and then how you react makes the story we're telling better. It makes it our story and not my story.
0: That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's to me, to me the biggest thing about role-playing that, um, People, people that I play with or have played with in the past, it's easy for them to forget. And um, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, if I want something super mechanical or super heavy like that, you know, let's play a war game instead. If I'm going to get six or seven of my friends around or five to seven or whatever uh, to play some RPGs, let's let's get into it. Let's tell a cool story. that's There's a lot of neat new systems out there like kids on bikes. Um I know I'm really excited about uh Story Weaver's new one Slaughter that's going to be coming out soon. Um they have a lot of really good RPGs as well. Uh but those that are more narrative focused I think are uh, Yeah, yeah. super I cool. I mean
1: that is one of the things that uh like I said I was a huge fan of 4th edition D&D but the current edition of D&D I love how they they went through and they they kind of took a step back. Um but then they also kind of stripped things down so that it was, it was more flexible in the fact that it encouraged a DM to wing it. Um, that was, like, as all the bad things about 2nd Edition that there are, and there are many, <laughs> have, having played 2nd Edition, you could not pay me to go back to Thaco. Oh, um, Thaco's good! Oh, God, Thaco's terrible. <laughs> um, but the one thing that 2nd Edition did really well was it encouraged you to wing it, to just roll with it, you know? Whereas three five, three five had a rule for everything. So the minute something happened, the game would stop and you'd look it up. Well, 5th edition, they tried to simplify a lot of that stuff and tried to streamline a lot of that stuff. So they're like, no, if it's ge- basically, if it's getting in the way of the game, keep the game rolling. And I love that. Yeah. I thought they did a great job with it.
0: Before we um before we dive off on this tangent too much, there is something that came out today that I know I want to talk to you about. Oh what's and that, that? And that is the Captain Marvel trailer. Uh the oh, second trailer yes. for Captain Marvel that is. Um it's it's the first time I think that we have publicly acknowledged the existence of maybe one of the coolest alien races in all of the
1: galaxy in the scrolls. It it's definitely the first time they've actually said it. Yeah. Cuz if I remember right, I think in the first trailer you had like the pan across and there were green aliens, but that's all it was. Yeah. Um, but this time they're actually talking about them. And I'm not going to lie, I'm so excited. I am so too. So excited about that. Um uh, as trashy as the scrolls are cuz they are kind of like classic like comic pulp. Yeah. Um but that's also what I love about them. Uh and the only thing that makes me sad is that we get the scrolls, but we do not get any of the named scrolls um, because the named scrolls are still tied up with the fantastic four property. Um, so like, we're not going to see the super scroll, right? We're not going to see like pie or we're not like any of the, 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 the specific scrolls we're not going to see. Um, but I'm mostly okay with that, because at the same time, like all uh, those characters are tied up in the Fantastic Four property, because they're so tied to the Fantastic Four characters as well. Sure, it would make no sense to see, you know, the Super Scroll before we see the Fantastic Four. Um,
0: it does. But, it it does look like that we are going to get a little taste, and I, I, it, I I'm sure most of this movie is going to be, uh, you know, Carol's origin, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the origin to her origin, uh, so to speak, as she figures out who she is and where she got these powers from. Uh, at least, at least from the the uh, uh, the tone of the trailer that that came out today. Uh, but oh, it looks yeah. like we're going to get a bit of the invasion of the scrolls or the secret scrolls um, angle, which is one of I think is such a
1: cool book
0: or series oh, of no, books.
1: like there, there's so much, like there's so much cool stuff you could do because. The big thing with this movie is it's supposed to be set in the 90s. Yeah. So it takes place before um the first Iron Man movie. So that's where I think it's really interesting to see where that's going to come in um especially dealing with the scrolls and uh that whole concept of secret invasion. Um that that's really going to be interesting what i love is and i didn't know if they were going to have him in the movie or not but when you watch the trailer uh jude law uh is marvell that's right yeah and i was like holy crap i was like we get both of them we get both of the captain marvels um obviously we only get to keep one (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm assuming
0: jude law is flashbacks
1: yeah no and 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 that's what I'm hoping. And, and I'm hoping that character comes across well, because he's he is a very interesting character. I understand why they went with Carol, and I'm I'm very glad that they went with Carol instead of with Marvel. Um, but the fact that they're working him in as well makes me really happy.
0: Yeah, I think, um, I think it I'm brings... also really
1: excited that we get to see more of uh, Lee Pace's Ronin. I don't know how much, but we're going to get to see some more of him.
0: Yeah, so I'm wondering. I'm wondering because he's already Ronan the Accuser, but by the time we get introduced to him in Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. you know, will he earn that moniker? Maybe in this movie.
1: Oh, uh, that would be really interesting if he earns his universal weapon and gets gets his promotion. That would be interesting.
0: Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's. It there's a lot of cool things. The whole idea of the Kree and the Skrull War finally. Uh, we're finally getting that after after, geez, how long has oh, this been going yeah. on?
1: It's so it's so nice that we're able to, we're able to get the Kree and the scrolls, because even if you're not dealing with specific people, um, those characters are such a big part of the Marvel uh, universe. The whole six one six, um, that whole shtick. Yeah, they're such a big part. Um I was really excited that when you have Carol's flashbacks, uh, did you catch the plane next to her?
0: I don't know uh, when she's in okay. the when she's in the the cockpit
1: when when she's in the fighter jet and she looks over and she makes the hand signal at the other pilot.
0: I did not when catch lo- the plane.
1: When you look at that pilot's call sign, it says Maria Photon Rambeau, which in the comics, Monica Rambeau was another Captain Marvel. Oh, sweet. She what she doesn't get her powers from the Kree, um, but she had she had that title at one point. Um, but she also went by Photon. Huh. Um, so I was like that's a really nice little little callback. Um, I'm doubting that we'll get much of her. Um, I would be pleasantly surprised if we do, but I'm kind of doubting we'll get much of her. Um, this I, whole this this whole trailer just has me so stoked.
0: Yeah, I'm a little worried actually for the just just for the movie itself. It seems like this is a really big movie. Like, there's a lot of things to cram in and do it right. And I don't I don't know what the runtime is or if they've even published that at all yet. But um, I, gosh, I hope it's I hope it's two hours plus two and a half hours.
1: I I think I. As long as as long as they don't rush it, um, yeah. See, that's dying. what I'm worried I about. I don't I don't know that they need like two and a half hours, um. Because you can you can tell the story at a good clip, and I think you can probably get it in at two hours. If you go, if you try and go the ninety minute route, you are going to be rushed. I think. Yeah, um, for sure. You're just going to have to speed through a lot of stuff, and it's not gonna. It's not really gonna work. But I think at a, at a nice two hours, you can probably get it. Um,
0: Have you seen um, any of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Are you keeping up with the TV series?
1: Uh, I watched through the first three seasons of Agents oh, of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you missed... so Up, up until they got to uh, Ghost Rider. I okay. did not watch that season.
0: So, so season well, four is, is one of the best seasons, I think, of television, period. Uh, the first half is Ghostwriter, and it's and it's pretty sweet. Uh, but the second yeah, half, I heard
1: that the Ghostwriter they did was rock solid. He's very, he's very much the current comics Ghostwriter, and not the like Johnny Blaze or Danny Ketch.
0: Yeah, he he is Robbie Reyes. and He does very, it well.
1: Very good.
0: Um, the second half, though, that, that, that the last ten episodes or eleven episodes, I forget how they break up those seasons, mm-hmm. um, is all about LMDs.
1: Um, See, and that's what I was expecting from the end of season three. Yeah, when they're and I was like, because life model decoys are such a thing, um, and and that's that's super interesting. It's it's
0: incredible. Yeah, the season five I just finished it, and uh, it ends with them mentioning um, sh- uh, crazy like New York is under attack, right? So Thanos' guys are there. The battle with 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 Iron Man and and. Um, Uh, Dr. Strange and Spider-Man and Hulk in Central Park or whatever um, is happening at the same time season five is going on. So they've mentioned Thanos and that he's coming, but they don't have any idea what that means yet. Um, Mm -hmm. So the Wakanda battle hasn't happened yet as of the end of season five. Uh, But I don't know. I don't even know if season six is out on air yet, Uh, but I just wrapped that up on Netflix and it's 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 pretty good. Um, I thought the first half was a little weird. They go to space. Or excuse me, they go into space in the future, like seventy years. Um, okay. And it takes them a little too long to get back home and get back to the present, but uh, it 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 still works at the end. Uh, but you've got to see season four; it's incredible.
1: Okay. Well, no, I will have to go back for that. What I'm really hoping is that since they're doing Captain Marvel now, that whatever happens at the end of Captain Marvel sets it up so that she can appear in the second in Avengers Four.
0: I'm thinking um, that's what uh, I think and that's the point. because
1: yeah. either like in the comics, at one point she basically goes out into space to kind of protect Earth from who knows what. And so that like Thanos seems like the perfect time for her to come back
0: for sure. Um,
1: but I will say the one thing that I really want out of the Captain Marvel movie, is the after credit scene, and I know that I'm a crazy person, um, but I am a huge Miss Marvel fan, um, as in uh, Kamala Khan, the current Miss Marvel. Uh huh. All I want from my after credit scene it, there was a the the first time Kamala Khan is mentioned in the comics, um, it's just this one panel, or I think it's a couple panels. But it's her sitting at her computer in her room. She has a Captain Marvel poster on her wall, and she's just typing. And that's all I want. <laughs> like, I just want them to pan across this, you know, Pakistani girl wailing on a keyboard writing fan fiction about Captain Marvel. And just to, to stop there. Uh, and that would make my day.
0: You um, know, what? I, I think I want kind of the same thing, but I, I think I'd like a little Squirrel Girl teez- teaser.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, they're doing a Squirrel Girl television show, I thought. Oh, no, is it TV that they're going to be doing? Uh, okay. Uh, it was uh, The New Warriors. That's what it is. They're doing The New Warriors, um, which Squirrel Girl was not a part of, but they're making her part of it, um, which kind of fits. But um, last I knew, the person that they have playing Squirrel Girl is the lady from the AT&T commercials. Like, there's that... that I guess she doesn't do it too much anymore. Now that I think about it, but there was that girl who did the AT and T commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a while, but it's it's her because she did a bunch of comedic stuff and um, she's done other things. And I'm like, oh no, I need this. I totally need this. I love Squirrel Girl. I um, love. I... There's a current comic run right now where uh, Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl team up. Um, oh, so good! I caught like the first two or three issues. Um and it was really good. It was really good. And then they also team up with like America Chavez and I can't remember who the last person is. Um, but I was like, I like all of these things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Give me more. I tell you what I can't get enough of in the trailer is two eyed Nick Fury geeking out geeking out over a little kitten.
1: Like, oh what I really hope is that that that's actually Carol's cat. Um because in the oh, comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carol has a cat, um, which is also great because when she's in space, she brings her cat with her and then she runs into Rocket Raccoon at one point, And Rocket Raccoon keeps trying to kill her cat <laughs> because he's, he keeps telling her that that's a flerken and they're an abomination. They're an infestation. You have to get rid of them before they lay their eggs. <laughs> and she's like, it's a house cat. You're not getting rid of her. Um, end result, spoiler alert, uh, her cat is a flurkin. Flirkins are these cats with like interdimensional something or other, and yeah, it's it's but of course Rocket falls in love with the cat. He's like, Oh, she's adorable. Um, so everything works out. But oh, if awesome. you get a chance to read um I think it's uh Stronger, Faster, Higher um, I think is the start of the run on Miss Marvel. Not Miss Marvel. Captain Marvel. You get a chance to read that. It is fantastic. Um and and that's Carol going into space. Um and it's it's good. It's really good. Um yeah, my wife and I are huge fans of of Captain Marvel. We're we're big Carol fans. So needless to say, um she, She's very cautiously optimistic about the movie and I'm really pumped. Um, I don't, I don't think, um, I think the MCU
0: has few, few and far between bad spots. Like it's just, it's, it's, I think it's hard for them to get this formula wrong right now. Um, no,
1: that's, and that's fair, but I do think that there's a lot, a lot writing on Carol's shoulders. Um, be, I mean, if this would have been easier before Wonder Woman. Like, DC... Like, who could have thought that DC's good movie... Was, <laughs> I mean, my, my wife and I went and saw Wonder Woman in the theaters. And we walked out, and my wife turns to me. And she's like, that movie made me feel things that I didn't think was possible. And it's ridiculous. Um, We loved it. It was so good. That sets a high bar for Marvel going... This is our first, you know, female-led superhero movie. Um, That being said, the trailers make me very hopeful. It seems like they're getting things right. It seems like Carol's coming across well. Um, Brie Larson is great casting. Um, I have no doubt on her chops. That's one thing. Even when uh, the MCU has stumbled... On movies their casting has always been spot on
0: yeah Um,
1: i know my wife likes to give (laughs) them a bit of crap for benedict cumberbatch (laughs) because she's like you phoned that casting in (laughs) and it's like well that's kind of true but he nailed it
0: he He absolutely nailed it he's such a and she
1: agreed that he was fantastic
0: yeah his his version of doctor strange he's such a just a curmudgeonly jerk, man. It's, it's hard to root for it's, him. And I think that's exactly so, what you want from the character.
1: It's so perfect for <clears throat> Doctor Strange at that point. And yeah. what I love even more is that when you watch Thor Ragnarok, the 10 minutes of Doctor Strange in that movie are amazing. I was yeah. like, that is exactly like the comics. Like, Doctor Strange pops up. Doctor Strange presents plot point. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange's things. You know, like when he (laughs) drops Loki through the portals and he gives Thor the the mug of refilling mead and like just everything. It's... I was like, it's so great to see how comfortable he is in that part and how much it just comes across very authentically. Um, And that's like, I will say, I loved Thor Ragnarok because... It felt the most like a comic book of all the MCU movies I've seen. I mean, it's not my favorite MCU movie, but it is the one that felt the most like a comic book.
0: Is it not your favorite? What's your favorite MCU movie?
1: My favorite MCU movie um, is Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: It's so good.
1: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, the first uh, Captain America. Um, that top probably, three right there, and then probably Guardians of the Galaxy two and Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I loved Ant Man and the Wasp. Holy crap! I did too. But, I thought it was incredible. I thought Ant Man was incredible as well. Such a great, just a great little heist film. That's the thing is, like, yeah. I didn't realize before I saw that movie that I needed a heist film with superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed a heist film with superheroes. And then what I love about Ant Man and the Wasp is. It was a superhero movie, and motivations in the story were very superhero movie. But what they showed you was totally different. Like, the part where she's fighting in the kitchen, and, you know, she's shrinking and dodging knives and running up the blades, and the person tries to run away, and she throws the salt shaker and then expands it. Yeah. You know, like, the way they used the powers in that was completely unique. You weren't going to see... Anything like that in Captain America. Um, if I had to be completely objective, though, I still think the best MCU movie is Winter Soldier. Um, it just—it's such a damn good film.
0: It's amazing. Um, Winter Soldier is amazing. I think. I think my favorite is Ragnarok, probably, just because I, I love. I love the fact that they're taking all of these obscure comedic directors. And giving them the helm of the Tyga biggest... was amazing. Yeah, he they, did they,
1: such a great job.
0: You look at the guys that did Arrested Development, who did who did Winter Soldier and um, uh, Civil War.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, the guys who, who from Community, the Russo. Group.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, the, just that, just that idea that you've got these guys who typically dabble uh, dabble in comedy, and they're mm-hmm. given. And I don't know whether it's
1: because they appreciate the content that they're doing, or what. Uh, well, I do think, and this extends. This also would extend to, for instance, Wonder Woman. Um, When you have a respect for the story that you're telling and you have a desire to be authentic, it comes across. Um, So when you go into something like Jon Favreau's Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, they just want to tell that story and they want to tell it well and they want to do the characters justice um and there were no real expectations with that film i remember when it was announced um i had a bunch of people talking about how dumb they thought this was and iron man has no good villains and my response was if nothing else we can finally do the special effects right it's going to look amazing yeah and i was so happy that it looking amazing was secondary because the story was so good. The actors were so on point. That movie was so well done.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, who, who, was, uh, who was Obadiah Stane? Um, uh, oh my gosh. Um, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. A, incredible performance
1: with who Jeff would Bridges. Have, who would have thought Jeff Bridges for that, honestly? Because like you think the dude, and you watch Stane, and you can see it. Yeah. This is like the dude, if he went to the dark side. Because, like when he comes in and he's like i brought you pizza you know yeah and all this stuff like you can kind of see bits and pieces of that but it's very it's a very jeff bridges part
0: yeah he's playing he's playing the goofy stepdad with a sinister motivation to yeah perfection he,
1: he just drips so much sleaze that whole film yeah um but no going back to ragnarok that is what I think the MCU should really try to do. And the reason I say this is, you've spent all this time establishing all these characters, establishing this broader world. Ragnarok is one of the, one of the few times where you see them actually start picking from all of that. Yeah. To assemble a film where, it, like I said, it felt like a comic because of course, okay, this is a Thor comic, but this issue, we get the Hulk this issue, we get Loki again. This, you know, like, it, yeah. and and everyone kept coming in, and they were all fantastic. And I'm not going to lie, Jeff Goldblum, oh, my
0: God. <laughs> he so good. He's so good. You know, his performance as, um, oh, my gosh, what is his name? The Grandmaster, yes, is what I was hoping Benicio Del Toro was going to do with The Collector. Uh, but we haven't seen them
1: just let him loose yet. That's true. Also, the collector is a, at least in the comics, is a bit more reserved. He's, uh, of all of the, um, like elders, he's, he's less, less reserved. I did like I appreciated him in Guardians, but at the same time, we've gotten to see so little of his character.
0: Right. Um,
1: but Jeff Goldblum, on the other hand, they really just kind of. Went ham with him, and it worked. It worked so well. I
0: and mean, just the, the little jokes that they throw in at the end when he's <laughs>
1: he's like, "Well, every uprising has to have someone uprise against." So, uh, good on me. Right. Uh, excellent uprising, everyone. <laughs> fantastic. You've done a great job.
0: Well, I was gonna t- I was gonna talk about when they get away on his on his private party oh, bus or whatever, and it's yeah. got him like narrating like what's supposed to happen, <laughs> like when he it's gets all the girls birthday. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's incredible, man. It's, it's really is a, it's such a fun time for that, for, for, to be a Marvel comics fan, I
1: think. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I will say, like, I'm not usually excited about Sony movies. Um, I did not go see Venom in the theater. I've heard good things, but I have not gone and seen it. Um, And on the whole, I kind of avoid Sony. Uh, sony marvel stuff that being said this animated edge of the spider-verse movie that they have coming out in december looks great oh my gosh did you see who they're having voice the other spider people oh yeah because because yeah. because it's got spider-man the peter parker traditional one and it's got miles morales so <laughs> already we're doing really well um, and then they add Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. So you have uh, Spider Gwen, which is awesome. But then... Um, you got Spider-Man they, Noir? Yeah, they have Spider-Man Noir, who was voiced by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. it's I was like, holy cow. Um, and then they actually have Spider-Ham.
0: Yeah, which is like, that comedian... Uh, what's his name? Uh, um, John Mulaney. John Mulaney, great comedian.
1: Oh, he's amazing. He he does literally my favorite stand up bit of all time.
0: which uh, which one's that
1: uh the salt and pepper diner
0: the salt and pepper diner
1: yes is that, is that on it, the comeback kid no i don't think it's on the comeback kid um but look it up on youtube i'll need to yeah salt and pepper diner it's about the best meal ever had um and it's amazing it's my favorite stand up bit ever um followed directly by Bert, I cannot remember his last name. Uh, where it's this guy who uh, accidentally joined the Russian mafia.
0: Oh, Bert Kreischer! Yes,
1: yes. <laughs> yeah. The I am the machine. Yeah. that is my second favorite one, and then the third favorite would be uh, the entirety of Dress to Kill by Eddie.
0: Oh, nice! <laughs> Did you know um, that Bert Kreischer, the guy, you know, the machine? Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the 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 real life human being that inspired National Lampoon's Van Wilder, the the Ryan Reynolds vehicle.
1: Are you serious? Yes. So
0: Burt Kreischer is Van Wilder in in, in real life. He went to college for like 14 years or whatever until his dad cut him off. And that's when he went to Russia uh, and, and started doing all that other stuff.
1: Okay. I did not know that. That is amazing.
0: Yeah, so all those all those hijinks that they get into, like the topless tutors and all that stuff from Van Wilder is, is actual things that Burt Kreischer did when he was in college.
1: That's ridiculous. He's got
0: a pretty interesting story. I don't I don't um I don't I don't particularly care for his stand up, but he's such a he's such a just a a great personality um, really that it's like- hard not to enjoy his storytelling.
1: And that's the thing, is I really like stand-up that is a storytelling thing, which is why I like John Mulaney so much. His bits are, he's always just telling a story, and the man tells a compelling story. Like, he's really good. For sure. And that's what I liked about the I Am The Machine, because he just tells a really good story, and he has really good pacing. It's its such a great bit. Yeah, um,
0: his, his latest special, what is it called, Story Time, I think? um it's on netflix everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's doing netflix specials nowadays which is cool um it, but it's pretty funny my wife and i watch. my wife can't stand Burt kreischer she thinks she's he thinks she's a pig uh but she was even laughing yeah
1: and it and uh so have you watched um what is it uh nick offerman's american ham yeah, yeah yes cuz my my wife and i watched that and i was like this is amazing
0: nick offerman's great
1: because being from Indiana, we obviously watch the entirety of Parks and Rec, um, which uh, is occasionally a little on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> well, so like I said, I'm from Indiana. Fort Wayne is the biggest city in Northeast Indiana, and it has an obesity problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was like, huh, just going to pull that one out of reality, aren't you?
0: That's funny. Uh you know that I got a, a said, couple of my cousins should. live there in Fort Wayne and my uncle.
1: They're all thin though. Lucky th- the yeah. the problem I have is that the food is really good because if there's one thing that we know how to do. It's okay, you've moved to Indiana. What can you cook? <laughs> okay, make it. It's like uh my wife's favorite restaurant is a is a Thai restaurant in Fort Wayne. Um and so we go there all the time, not all the time. We go there often, um, but it's just like, oh, um, whenever someone moves to Fort Wayne, it's like, what do you cook? Well, we we would love to eat that. <laughs> That's funny. We we, do, yeah. we don't have problems finding good food. I'm good in food. the
0: same problem here in West Texas, but it's all it's all Tex-Mex. So you know, a tortilla is 400 calories or whatever.
1: You're eating three sometimes of those in the more meal. Text, Sometimes yeah. slightly more Tex, sometimes slightly more Mex. That's right, yeah. And so
0: it's just, just good food everywhere, man. It sucks. It sucks to try to be thin, uh, so I gave up on that years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to uh, uh, keep my blood pressure from being, like, I don't know, depressingly high. <laughs> Other than that, you know, it's kind of roll with it. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Oh, dude, I can't believe we've talked for almost an hour. About fifty minutes already about Marvel comics and stand up comedy. We didn't really touch on gaming at all. Oh,
1: time flies, gosh, buddy. But at the same time, I could I could talk comics and movies all day.
0: Same, same. Have have you seen any good movies not comic related?
1: Good movies not comic related. Yes. Yes, I have. Um uh are you familiar with Studio Ghibli? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, so you know that a couple years ago, they Miyazaki retired, and so Studio Ghibli broke up. Right. Um, yeah. When they broke up, a couple of their uh, former animators, I think one of the animators and one of the directors, uh, made their own studio called Studio Ponoc. Their first movie is called Mary and the Witch's Flower. And it is amazing.
0: Okay, I'll need to make uh, sure to my wife. It's on,
1: that. or at least it was. It was on Netflix. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. And that's that's how I saw it. And it's called.
0: It's called Mary and the Witch's Flower.
1: Mary and the Witch's Flower. Yep. Okay. Um, it's amazing. Uh, it it really hits those, uh, Studio Ghibli sort of vibes, but it's still very much their own. Um, it's 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 different, but, you, it does capture that kind of um, love of childhood that a lot of the Ghibli movies have Um, and I was was just crazy impressed with it um, when it came out well not came out when I finally got to see it I knew that it came out like last year and I'd been wanting to see it and I just didn't have a chance then uh, I finally found it on Netflix and I was like (gasps) watching now <laughs> uh, awesome. and it was it was totally worth it absolutely fantastic have you seen mandy mandy no i have not so um
0: let me just let me let me set the scene for you really quick um nicholas cage and Mandy. oh this is great already <laughs> they live off in the woods right nicholas cage is uh, you know trying to do his best uh it's in it's i think it's late late 70s maybe early 80s um <clears throat> he, he's obviously very much in love with her um struggling to make ends meet a little bit you can tell just by the first five minutes that there's some stress there but they, they 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 uh you know um seek safe harbor in each other's arms right you know they're the the the, the idyllic dream couple um mm-hmm. mandy's a little different though you could tell she's got this scar on her face she makes incredibly moving art uh, she's walking through the woods and she comes across the uh, a cult um driving in a van and the cult leader happens to catch her eyes and he just becomes completely enamored with her and so he obsesses over for the next few days, and decides that he has to have her. Nothing else will do. It's it's his right, by his God-given right, as as the future savior of mankind, uh, to have Mandy. So he instructs his his uh, lackeys to um, to go blow this ocarina in the middle of this woods, and uh, all of a sudden, about four. The best way I could describe them to you, uh, in the dead of the night are four, uh, like quad riding things like, uh, ATVs, uh, roll up and maybe, maybe a dirt bike or two. Um, and on them are biker Cenobites, you know, the, the Hellraiser, Clive Barker, uh, things, right? So like these weird backwood demon biker people, um, And so they decide to go and track down Nick Cage and Mandy and they, they crap, they capture Mandy and some things happen in the plot and, um, Nick Cage is left for dead and he happens to wake up and, um, proceed to hunt every single last person down and murder them. Wow. And, um, I'll, I'll say this, uh, it, at some point in the movie, um, it basically just jumps off the rails and they just let Nick Cage loose. There's a scene where um, after he's kind of coming to terms of what just happened to him, this this, this terrible thing, he just screams in his bathroom uh, wearing nothing but a shirt and tidy whiteies, covered in blood and he's just screaming at the camera in his bathroom. And the camera just kind of slowly pans up on him as he's just completely broken there. And then it just sits on him for 20 seconds, you know, as he's just Basically, you know, his life is just crumbling around him. And it's just it's an incredible performance. It's it's over the top. Uh it's not well, I mean, as that's funny what as you, you think it would be.
1: I mean, that's what you get when you like you go for Nick Cage. It's yeah. always gonna be hundred and twenty percent. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but you will always get a hundred and twenty percent.
0: Yeah, it's it's so, a cool it's a cool revenge movie that is very very artfully shot. I mean some of the some of the coolest visuals I think I've seen. Um, it's got some gore in it, so I don't know if that that'll throw people off. But um, it is on Shutter right now. You can get it. Uh, you can go watch it. And I think they even have a free seven day trial or thirty day trial or something like that. Cool. Uh, worth the watch for sure. It's fun.
1: Oh, so that that reminded me of, well. That reminded me of one movie, but then there was another one that I had seen recently. Uh, my wife actually, just kind of on a whim, went out and bought Ocean's 8. Oh, okay. Um, and we both figured that we really loved the Ocean's movies, and we're like, okay, we'll enjoy this, even if it's terrible. Um, it is not terrible. <laughs> is it good? Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was genuinely enjoyable. It's just a fun... Um, Heist, heist movie. movie yeah and what i really love is that it's a very different type of heist than um the the other oceans movies um so it was it was pretty great i was i was very surprised um that it was as good as it was
0: now it, i haven't seen the movie only mm-hmm. only because i have a, a big problem with with recycling content like that Mm-hmm. Um, what's the connection between Sandra Bullock and, and Danny Ocean? Sandra,
1: Sandra Bullock's character is Danny Ocean's sister.
0: Okay. Their brother and sister. Okay. cool. So
1: like at the opening of the movie, um, she's up for parole. Um, and as they're interviewing her, that's when it's like, well, you know, my brother fell in with a bad crowd and he kept going back and they're like, there's no chance of that with you. She's like, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Which of course it does. Right. <laughs> but, um, that's that's the thing is they kind of explain away Danny. Um, but the little there are a few uh, small things throughout the film um that are kind of called the original series. like at one point, Saul does come to talk to her. Um oh, cool. And a couple other characters pop up. But it's also very clear that this is her story and not Danny's, but they do just enough. That you get the idea that everything's everything's not connected, but everything kind of goes in a line um and it works out really well i was I was worried about that too, but at the same time uh I really liked everyone they had in the cast, so I'm like, I'm willing to see how this plays out um it was worthwhile it was a very enjoyable film
0: well, I'll definitely check it out i i did like i do like Heist movies so um, um I'm always a fan
1: of them um
0: i think I think what really summed it up. Uh, for me is the there's an episode of always sunny in philadelphia this this last season where um the ladies beat boggs which is a callback to an episode they did two seasons ago where they try to be uh, they try to beat wade boggs drinking record on a cross-country flight um, which is something <laughs> awesome. like hundred something beers so like yeah charlie ends up drinking like 80 beers on the flight um, so they try to do that and they keep recycling the same material over and over again. And at one point the characters look at each other and like, wait, why are we doing this? Why can't we go do our own thing? Why do we have to do what the guys did? Why can't we just make our own you know and it's basically talking about Hollywood's uh you know, with 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 Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I yeah. guess Oceans 8 to a little to a little extent. Um and I just thought it was it was interesting.
1: Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's pretty great. Um, out of curiosity, did you ever see colossal
0: i uh, know i don't think so what's colossal
1: okay okay so colossal uh is basically a giant monster movie um i'm and into it it. Has, <laughs> it has anne hathaway in it um anne hathaway basically like her life has all crumbled around her so she goes back to her old hometown is, she, is this the, like a 50 foot woman thing no 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 okay it's a little different um But she goes back to her old hometown. She basically squats in her parents' house um, because they're off doing whatever. Um, And then as she tries to kind of get her life back together, um, Seoul, South Korea, is attacked by this giant monster. What she finds out is that she controls the monster. It does whatever she does. Like so, she finds where she was at. She stands in this one area. She maps it all out at one point, and then so she's walking around, and the monster does whatever she does. Um, and that's the general premise. The movie was amazing. That sounds Absol- great. Oh, it, it's it was it was kind of an indie film. It didn't get a huge release. Um, but I was super lucky because the indie movie theater we have. Uh, around here is really good, um, and they got it in. And I went and saw it, and I was like, "Damn, this is really good." Jason Sudeikis is in it too. Um nice. Yeah, no, he's he's fantastic. He is not what I expected in that film, um, but he does a fantastic job. Um, and I won't spoil anything else, but the like the climax of the movie, the 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 finale. Is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um and Anne Hathaway does a just fantastic job. I love Anne Hathaway. Um I do too. I I oh no, I do too. Um but yeah, if if you haven't seen Colossal and I thought of that because you were the one I believe who told me to watch Grabbers. Yeah. Um, which by the way, uh John actually bought like the collector's edition of Grabbers. <laughs> from ireland oh it's great i hope it came with some booze or something <laughs> i well i doubt they could send that but but yeah no that that movie was so good it was it had no business being that good <laughs> oh man yeah
0: there's there's fewer things i love more than than a than a cool uh horror movie that doesn't take itself too seriously it's just it's just fun absolutely all right, buddy. Well, man, thank you so much for for reprising your 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 vocal talents here
1: on the channel, man. I, I certainly appreciate you,
0: Aaron. And uh, man, best of luck. How can people watch your tr- your Twitch stream? What's your what's your channel?
1: Uh, my channel is Crop Circles I N, so it's twitch.tv slash Crop Circles I N, all one word. Um, and uh, you can also follow Crop Circles I N on Twitter. And I post out whenever I go live. Sweet.
0: I think I, I, think I have you set to auto host as well. So, um, so you ever, if you're ever looking at my channel, you can catch Aaron on there quite a bit because I haven't actually streamed anything in a while. Um, I made it to affiliate status and then I was like, okay, well, I need to plan something. And then I got caught up trying yeah, to play Yeah, that's Key the Forge.
1: weird part is once you <laughs> become an affiliate, you're like, wait, uh, I, I was lucky that when I became an affiliate, they didn't do uh, channel badges yet. So I was like, okay, all I have to do is plan emotes, plan emotes, plan emotes. Yeah, that took me like two months. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I need to do all that stuff still. I, I'm going to do it in the next, uh, probably beginning of next year. Um, as I'll, I'll try to hit, awesome. Hit it pretty hard. But until then, check out check out Aaron uh, on Twitch. He's awesome. Uh, it's so good to talk to you, buddy, and uh, I certainly appreciate you.
1: Yeah. No, it's great being here. It's been a lot of fun.
0: For sure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Let's Level Up. Hope you enjoyed yourselves as much as we did. Hope we didn't bore you too much with all that geeky comic stuff. Uh, Who am I kidding? We've talked about much geekier things on this podcast for longer periods of time. Um, I certainly appreciate you. Until next time, thank you, and game on.